Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to the Aging Fearlessly program. It's great to have you listening today and I'm in the studio with two really interesting people that I haven't known for very long but they are both working um, for a social cause, um, homelessness and I'd like to welcome today Michael and Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here, Karen. It's really great that you agreed to come up to this studio. It's such a long way out in the bush (laughs) um, up here in Terry Hills. But look, Michael, I ran an event the other week and I invited you to speak at that event and you you, uh, told a, a story, a very personal story, and it touched on homelessness. And it's something that I, yeah, I know about but I probably haven't really thought about it. I get caught up in my own world and life and work and everything else that's going on. But a lot of people suffer from homelessness. Mm. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm English and I've been here for um, a number of years in Australia, living in Manly in the northern beaches. And um, I work in a variety of different things at the moment. And my passion is actually lies in maths and data science and applying that. Are you crazy? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I... <laughs> maths, but, the minute you say maths, it's yeah, like, oh, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's one thing about it, it's sort of like, I, I guess there's the human element that kind of is lacking somewhat from, you know, this kind of building equations, but, uh, you know, computer programs and that kind of thing. And um, certainly, I mean, over the years, I've had a need for kind of deeper human connection. And I've certainly found um, through the various, and this is what I spoke about, and I can go into it, but through the Homeless in Focus project, um, I've an opportunity to really connect to people affected by homelessness and, you know, to sort of see how... To, to kind of get over some misconceptions about all of that and then kind of really discover a very rich world of of people and humanity that's sort of that's helped me a lot and um and, and it's been extremely fascinating to see yeah. yeah um and your background it's it's not a likely path to end up working supporting homeless people no no <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah and Let's touch on that later. How did you come to do this? Because, you know, if it's anything like the story you told the other night, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. Jay, great that you could come and spend time in the studio with us today. Tell us a little bit about Jay. Ah, Well, um, I was born in Thailand and I was adopted um, into a white family and I grew up in South Australia and about 20 years ago I moved to Sydney and that was the beginning of my experience of homelessness. 
right from the very beginning when you moved? More or less. I, I had a bit of um, transient living in Adelaide as well when I was 18 and 19. Uh, but that stabilised for a little bit as well. Uh, but then when I was 21, um, that's when I moved to Sydney and mm-hmm. it drew me right back into that cycle of homelessness and uh, much deeper, much, much deeper in Sydney and it was far harder to break that cycle. Um, I feel like there was a lot more that I had to battle, like my health and just a lot of other toxicity going on in my life. Yeah, and I guess that um, sometimes there's a real stigma to homelessness, isn't there? Yes, I think there is. Um, But I also think it's very, very misleading. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people... uh, I, I wouldn't say they're quick to judge, but I think we're slow to question... I would be guilty of that. Absolutely slow to, you know, like because I I think sometimes, I'm not also going to judge myself on this either, but I I guess I haven't really considered homelessness. Um, Yes, I see homeless people, but I haven't really considered it. You you might wonder why, but there are many reasons why. Yeah, and I, I don't see that as a negative thing. I know that everybody has a lot in their life, just as the homeless people do. And I guess for me, it's, it's, I know that in general we passively accept what we are presented with every day. We, we look on social media or we just watch the news. I mean, all through the pandemic we were being fed all this information every day, updates, everything and we do need to remain alert but how alert are we in in not being paranoid but just is this accurate information that I'm receiving Mm -hmm. and and that's the same with you know the portrayals of homelessness the portrayals of mental health and addictions and all these other things that go along with the homeless community. Mm. So why do Michael from your experience, why do people um, experience homelessness? Yeah. Well, I think it's a, for a lot of variety, a large variety of reasons, actually. And, and I mean, there's obviously some key ones, such as people who are affected by domestic violence, relationship breakdowns, um, you know, just depression and mental health um, issues leading to it. I think there's a lot of stereotyping that I think as Jay maybe alluded to a little bit earlier, there's there's sort of a lot of mm. expectation is that people are a certain way if they're homeless and that whereas I, I think I've learned to consider it more of a state really I mean I hope I never experience it but it could easily happen and I think it's something that people flow through at certain points in their life due to you know lack of resources and lack of support but also mm. There's also a bit of a fear to ask for it as well, really. I mean, if you people are really worried about burdening other people with themselves. So yep. to actually kind of spend six months with, you know, a, a family member or, or maybe a family member is a bit different, but a close mm. friend or something, that, that's quite a demanding thing to, 
ask and people are reluctant to so you kind of feel it wouldn't happen to me I'd be okay because I've people are going to look after me but to to ask is a very difficult thing I think I I think in my research this week I was I was looking at you know homelessness is is a very broad topic and you know like sleeping rough is Mm. one aspect of homelessness but you alluded to another sleeping on someone's couch sure what other I've seen people sleeping in cars Yes, Um, that's a big one. Yeah. And tents. And tents. So, you know, Martin Place uh, tent city, Mm. that happened three or four years ago? Uh, Yeah, maybe two. uh, Yeah, maybe it was, yeah. Uh, It it wasn't too long ago. (laughs) And and Perth has recently experienced um, a, a, a congregation of people living in tents and they just got disassembled oh, uh, maybe a week or two ago. Yep. Um, so that's – and then um, a lot of people live in boarding houses. Yeah, I was just uh, reading boarding that, houses. That's a very interesting living situation. I was there. I didn't last very long because I absolutely hated it. Mm. Um, I had a room that was maybe – Eight foot by ten foot, and if I've got a single bed taking up some of that space, there's not much room for anything yeah. else. Sharing a a bathroom, sharing a kitchen, it, it you know all I did was put my head down. It, it there was n- it, there was no sense of home. Yeah, and and, and the the cost of rent is it you know I you know I paid my money for that, and then I had no money for anything else. So food. Lifestyle, catching a bus. There is no lifestyle. Transport to get to appointments, to meet my other requirements, to be a citizen, it doesn't exist. Yeah, so the temporary dwellings, the boarding houses, the rough sleeping, the tents, it doesn't sound like an ideal lifestyle. No, no one aspires to be homeless. No, and and Michael, you will be familiar in Manly that we've had some rough sleeping there. Um, they don't. They're not around at the moment, but they were for a long time mm. on under the little yeah. huts on the beach. Sure, yeah. And you know, some of them we used to talk to in the mornings yeah. at swimming. Yeah. You know, they'd be having a chat to us as we were sort of sitting there having coffee or yeah, whatever. Yeah. In the studio with me today, I have Michael and Jay, and we're talking about homelessness. Um, Jay, what leads to homelessness? Well, essentially, it's when when you don't have a home, and and to have a home, you need to pay rent. So the biggest contributing factor is your financial situation. When you are unable to pay your rent, so if you don't have an income, that could be because you've lost your job. Um, if you've had a relationship breakdown, and therefore. You know, you've been reliant on someone else who has been able to provide for you. Um, if you are, um, again, being reliant on someone else to provide and but they were um, abusive to you or you have health conditions, whether that's a mental health condition or other chronic health conditions, um, they can impact on your capacity to manage your own well-being and your own responsibilities. So how do we house these people? I would like to see us use a, a whole person approach because, again, it is, 
it's simple to say give them a house but if we're not addressing what caused them to lose their housing they will lose it again so addressing the issues the person's facing instead of just throwing them into a house and saying this is okay yes you live here you know because that's not making them better or helping them get a job or helping them rebuild their life it's just giving them a house yeah yep I totally because I, I, I feel that people actually, I guess through that situation of, of desperation, but you, when you meet and people that I've met through the project who've been homeless, they have their own community. There's a commu- real sense of community and support. It's amazing Definitely. what people will do for each other and how honest they can be. And I think sometimes when you're housed, um, you're taken away from that entirely. And then you've got to somehow substitute this connection that you you felt in a desperate and unsustainable situation being homeless, but still a, a sense of connection that yes. now you no longer have. So, yeah, and we're going to come to that community and that sense of connection in a minute too, because I think there's much more we can say about that. But one of the things that absolutely um, floored me was how many um, people over 50 there are that are homeless. And we talk about ageing fearlessly, but there's so many more, 49% increase in the last decade. That's huge. It's scary. It's really sad and scary. And it must be to, you know, these people, to be homeless at that stage, what are their health issues? There's sometimes chronic health issues that they're dealing yes. with and to be homeless is not an easy situation. No, no. I, I wonder... Um, how we as a community are unaware, I think, that that it's happening it, just in the suburbs, really. It, it, it's happening, you know, in our neighbourhoods that, you know, we, we don't talk about um, that, the, you know, our neighbours, you know, the, their relationships have... It, it's been rocky and, you know, they're not living together anymore. Oh, I wonder what happened to Mrs So-and-so. She's not there anymore. And, you know, what do we... We just sort of let it go. It's not in our mind anymore. And, you know, there would have been things building up, building up, and eventually a decision was made by one or the other and someone left. Often, you know, you know, it would have been a choice, but it would have been because the alternative was far worse. Yeah, and especially if it's a case of domestic violence, abuse, the, yes. the situation is worse. Mm. But, Michael, talk more about the community, that, mm. from what you've uncovered, from an outsider going and working and a bit by default, well, you, you, did, you, you didn't go out there planning initially to work with the homeless and we'll talk about the project that you started but tell us about the community that you've uncovered yeah it's it's always been there I'm not sure if I uncovered it well you uncovered it for yourself yeah Yeah, I I know what I was hang on there's a whole community out here hi everyone did you know Uh, (laughs) yeah you know what I mean but but um yeah it, it I've it's been an interesting journey, and I've become, you know, friends with a number of people um, who who either are or have experienced homelessness, and um, I, yeah, I mean, was quite blown away by their generosity, both in terms of time, but a combination of intelligence and generosity, helpfulness, like just to help me. I was like, wow, okay, I, I the idea of helping them. You know, quite often I, I, I was helped. I mean, there was a lady who I worked with who 
was one, you know, with a health issue in, in her 50s, actually, so back to the aged situation, and she was living in a toilet because she'd suffered a lot oh of abuse, gosh. and she was um, very sick, and she needed access to the toilet, and so we we met up, and I tried to help her, and I did actually end up helping her in various ways, but um, we... You know, we spoke, I was doing a project separately from this on domestic violence, actually. And she had so much to say about the issue and um, such, such an intelligent kind of, you know, well thought out ideas that really contributed to that separate project that I was working on that kind of required an understanding of, of that. But I think, I mean, sorry, back to the community. Uh, so a lot of people who are very raw and honest and open and you I think people know, and Jay can talk more about it, but people know who they can trust. There's a lot more transparency there. And it's not like, I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of negative emotions as well and a lot going on, but you do get a sense that people are looking after each other. And, you know, there's the Sydney Street Choir, there's like Mm -hmm. big events where people get together and spend Mm -hmm. time together just, yeah, just, just kind of, being and connecting, you know, obviously in in a situation that's quite challenging as well. Jay, do you want to add to that? Have you yeah. tell us a little bit? I, I from guess your I feel sometimes when I am so exposed, I don't have anything left to hide, so I might as well just I can be completely present. I can, um, you know, there's no reason to hide any any secrets because I'm already I've already had all my covers blown. Yeah. So you know I don't need to lie. I don't need to be so manipulative. And then another thought that came up was that you know when I've lost and had so much taken away, then you can't you know you as in anybody else in the public can't take much more from me. Mm. And so. All I have left is to give. Yep. You know, so why not? Like, And it's not giving of money because there's none of that, but it's giving of yourself. Exactly. And, you know, to find people like Mike who actually are open to receiving that, that is probably one of the most satisfying things. That is what gives me worth. It's just like, wow, it's validation and... They're the sorts of interactions that people in their street community get up upliftingness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Experiencing being homeless, Jay, self esteem and and what have you learnt about yourself? Um Oh I I don't like the word resilience. I keep saying that, but it is one of the best words. There is no other word. I like the meaning of it. It just just gets overused. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, solidarity is another word that comes to mind in in this community, and so I've I've learnt about trust. Um, I've certainly been burnt, mm-hmm. but. I remind myself that I have lost so many times and I'm still here. So, you know, burn me. I, you know, that's on you. It's not me. Um, I can continue to give. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and then, you know, in the midst of all the ups and downs and the chaos that's pretty constant, 
Um, there's been little pockets of gems, and I hold on to them. Mm-hmm. They're my little little treasures, really. Um, and I guess you know, and I share them with other people that you know you've got to hold on to them. Mm. We all do, or everybody, um, that that's what keeps us going. You know, life is pretty mundane for everybody. You know, so we all have we all have moments. They're just moments. You say some wonderful things. You've got a great way with words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going, hmm, I'm getting an education here myself. And, and yeah, life can be pretty mundane for everybody. Yeah. Whether you... I think that's the thing that I'm realising now. You know, this is coming out from homelessness and into stability, is that I'm actually pretty average and normal. And that's that's actually pretty cool. I like that. You know, I'm Average not. I'm, <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm not extraordinary. I don't need to be, but I'm not abnormal and bizarre and crazy either. <laughs> like I'm actually in the middle, like everybody else, and it, it feels good. And to realise that other people experience it, they might experience it in a different way, but they still experience these mundanes. They they experience these little buzzes of happiness. Mm. You know, they experience the same feelings as I do, but it may, might be in a different way. Mm. Well, you are human. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we all are human. And, and but, but I think I think we have this thought that we, we are all human but we think that we're we're different we're yes, unique there's something exactly. wrong with me in particular and i and i think I, maybe this yes. is a leap but i think with homelessness i think when we perceive someone who's homeless we think that they're in this dis- it's a horrendous situation but then yes. it's an absolute disaster but when you get there it's a sort of you build that resilience and you can kind yes. of come back from it and, and yeah. then there's, there's this victim mentality or this why me mentality and that's I guess that's the exact point, is that it can happen to anybody. Mm. So it isn't a why me, and I am not actually a victim. It can happen to you or you. Mm. I hope it happens to neither of you. It should not happen to anybody. In this country, there should not be homelessness. So Mm. it is not why me. Why did it happen to me? It's just like, well, I don't know, The, the Russian roulette thing happened and it pointed the finger at me. My guests in the studio today are Jay and Michael. We're talking about homelessness and some of the aspects of homelessness, but right now we're going to get on to some interesting projects that are happening. Um, And Michael has a really interesting project that he has been working on. So it's called Homeless in Focus. So, Michael, over to you. Yeah, so Homeless in Focus is an initiative that we started five years ago, going on six years ago actually, where we hand out 100 disposable cameras to people affected by homelessness and they they then have a period of time, sometimes a week, sometimes longer, but normally a week, to take photos of their life and it's open so they can take pictures of anything they like. Um, and then we put those photos together, we judge the top 20 photos, and then they get shown in an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And the exhibition is a chance for those people, and we meet a new set of people each year, to share their stories, to showcase their work with the public who will attend. There's a story about that person, and so it creates this interaction where 
you're talking about something other than your predicament as someone affected by homelessness. You're already sharing what's important to you, what are your values, what do you care about. And um, the winning photos from that exhibition, so we get people to vote, they get put into a calendar. And um, the, the homeless people affected by homelessness who work uh, with us, they sell the calendar so they can make an extra income from, from that as well. So that's it in a nutshell. And Jay, have you yes. taken part in this project? Yes. So in... 2016, I think it was. That was when I first took part in it. And I actually managed to get three pictures in the calendar, which is pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And what sort of pictures were they? One was um, the sky and trees. One was, that was called The Only Way Is Up. Another one was uh, uh, people's feet so it was essentially the view of um when you're sitting on the ground trying to get money basically and what you see all you see is people walking past yeah and i called that walk on by and then the third one was um of a uh, trans woman and up in king's cross middle of the day I think or early Monday morning whatever it was bright daylight anyway you know fishnet stockings bright red g-string you know quite quite out there and and you know this so this was 2016 you don't actually see that all that often anymore um so I thought that was kind of pretty fun really and that person had a wonderful time posing and that was a really lovely interaction for me um, yeah. And what did you call that photo? Do you remember? Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. So, so yes. Michael, we've got a few other things to talk about today. So yeah. how did you, you know, really briefly, how did you come to doing Homeless in Focus? Okay, I'll try to be brief. <laughs> <laughs> I know the long story and it's okay. brilliant. Okay, yes. okay. Well, let, let's just talk about the key things. I think I, I was, I think back in 2013, I, I was a little bit depressed. I wasn't like properly depressed but I um I felt a bit lost in my life and I took off I had like a pretty crazy experience in the Amazon working with shamans and all that kind of thing and I felt like I'd psychedelic I think they call it that's what it is yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yes. and, I, and I, anyway I felt my life was transformed I was always going to be fine like everything was perfect after that and I had it in, and, it, and it, it is very transformative that that medicine but I think I came back to Sydney and for a while everything was amazing and then I found that the patterns that I had before had came back I was working in a in a corporate job that I wasn't happy in um, and around that time fortuitously I discovered that they were doing this project in London called um, Cafe Art where they were handing out home, um, disposable cameras to homeless people. And I was just amazed by like just the humanity that was coming out of it, but also just the um, how, how wonderful the, this art looked and mm. how great it was to see people that are often so stigmatised in such a different light. And uh, I just felt I had to do it here. And in, in a way, it was hard at first, but really the rest is history. And it's kind of, yeah, it's led us to be here today. <laughs> and you've become really good friends with Jay. Absolutely. Can't and so, get rid of him. Oh. <laughs> Why would you want to? Exactly. <laughs> he does help me in my garden. Well, anyway, it's a different story. <laughs> so, so um, Jay, Michael mentioned a project that you've been involved in. Michael, do you want to ask Jay or... 
sure. explain. Well, well, no, I mean, um, so I guess Jay's been involved more and more over the years. So we met Jay in 2016. Um, there's a documentary project, which you might want to talk about. But we, as part of that, we went to Alice Springs in 2018 uh, to do the same project, but as a trial with Aboriginal kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Jay came along with us for that so I don't know yeah. if you want to talk about yeah Jay tell experience. us about that okay, one okay so um yeah so it was with the aboriginal communities up there so we went out there and uh went to a number of uh schools and youth centers uh and you know yeah, basically we ran the project we had some people who uh were work living and working there who facilitated most of the process um yeah so yeah it was just really amazing to just see how they embraced the whole project it it was a very different experience and I think it was very eye-opening to see how a different community could make it work Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess it just shows how photography can be used as a modality for self-expression and um, empowerment and storytelling and, and even just the idea of storytelling is so strong in the Aboriginal community that it just makes sense mm-hmm. so it, you know it allowed these young people so often storytelling is um, something that is carried down from the older generation to the younger uh, but in a way because we were working with the younger community younger kids in the community it was actually going the other way it was the younger people telling their stories to the other people in the community so it was it was a, a slight variation of, of how they do it yeah sounds yes. like it sounds like a wonderful project and as you say yes. it, it you can you can turn that project into you know mm. you can take it anywhere Really, can't you, in amongst groups and communities and especially about connecting. I love the way you say it's about storytelling because it is about storytelling. It's visual storytelling. Exactly. And storytelling is such a great art and, you know, it's it's something that's been around. As humans, Mm. we are storytellers. That's how we've developed our history, through stories. I think Uh, the biggest thing is that whilst I may think I know what homelessness is, um, that's actually my story and to give the camera or the microphone to another person, they are telling their story on mm-hmm. homelessness or being an, an Aboriginal kid. Yeah. So it's actually everybody's got their own story. And also, um, is there anything you want to add to that, Michael? No, no. I mean, it, well, I suppose I would say that it was it, it was an incredible experience. We'd like to go back there and do it, and do it again. But it was it was so. I don't know. Again, I suppose, I suppose what I would say is that like um, the work with people affected by homelessness has really opened my eyes to a different world. This did the same, really. I you know, we have so many preconceptions about Aboriginal people in this mm-hmm. country. And it's like, okay, a lot of those are wrong as well, really. And it was interesting talking to people who were volunteering out in our springs and how their attitudes are very different to people in Sydney, but then actually also interacting directly with um, Aboriginal kids. And it just really, yeah, made me think about it differently. And I think that the whole storytelling, you know, mm. that the photos are telling a story yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. so important. It's mm. an education Mm-hmm. You know, that's our education. It's, um, yeah. you know, what better way to educate someone 
and holding an art show, mm. an exhibition, and having people come along and see the work that has yeah. been done on the streets yes. by yeah. the homeless and then again by the Aboriginal community. Mm. It's a great, it's a yeah. great way. And I, it may, it, I think it creates a real interest and yeah, it opens their minds mm. that this is, I'm looking through someone else's eyes mm. at this project. Um, Jay yes. and Michael, you have both been involved in a documentary yeah. Who, which of <laughs> the two have. of you wants to start? Um, I can start, actually. Um, yeah. In that I met Annette, oh, I can't remember, maybe three years ago at, at an event, and she came along to start filming um, for our Kickstarter video. So she started filming um, us like interacting with people affected by homelessness when they, we were giving their photos back. And um, she got, she fell in love with the whole idea and so she decided to create a documentary. And during that documentary, we, the idea was to follow three or four people through their lives. There's a guy, another guy who's a friend of mine who lives on a boat. Uh, there's another guy who uh, was homeless and now has been put up in freshwater actually, but uh, who's involved. And we followed all of them and then gradually... The story just landed on Jay. <laughs> really? Because I can't shut up. <laughs> oh, Jay, it's not like that, is it? Never. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. I'm getting the impression anyway, Jay, that you're a very well-educated young woman and, uh, you know, it's really interesting listening to you. But go to – so what it, it ended up on you because yes. you talk a lot, but go on. <laughs> Maybe that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, it. I guess it. It was about um, like well, we really wanted to look at a number of people's stories of homelessness and how they intertwined, and there was a lot of reasons why we weren't able to do that. You know, money's obviously a big part of it, and time, but you know, it did end up focusing a lot on me, um, and that's okay. So um, it. it really explored um, how I've been using photography to um, express my experience of homelessness, really. Um, And I sort of was able to go back and reflect on the last 20 years. So I have actually been housed for... Oh, my current place is probably about six or seven years... And then before that, it, it, I've had t- times of housing, periods of housing. They've not always been secure. And then, you know, the first eight to ten years were not secure at all. And then I had some sort of semi-secure housing. So, yeah, so I used photography to um, explore the whole, what it was, what homelessness was, and the emotions and the mood of it and and then obviously for me it was a really lovely opportunity to just be creative Mm. Uh, and then some bonus for me was uh, learning more from a technical perspective. Has it helped you to rebuild your life? Yes so I, 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 I had to think about that because I think when I think about rebuilding it, I think about it more from a psychological perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's been really uh, – it, it, things like confidence, it, 
um, you know, this, this whole process of this uh, reflecting uh, and using photography as a medium has been um, very therapeutic. Um, it, it's been a, a, an interesting way to... To, for me to gain perspective to, you know, how would I really like to portray arriving in King's Cross as, at 21 years old, you know, all the lights, all the noise, you know, the drugs and the alcohol, you know, how can I show that mm-hmm. in one still image? Because um, Jay had an exhibition of her own as Part of it, it was part of the documentary as well, really, where we looked at twenty photos, right, over twenty yes. years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that was sort of the climax of it all. That's um, it's an incredible opportunity um, oh, to actually just well, an opportunity for you, but an opportunity again for people to experience homelessness mm. through, as you say, the modality of mm. photos. Um, mm. Really love that story, and, and that this documentary is not out yet, is it? It's coming soon. No, it, it will be on ABC Compass. Mm-hmm. I think April time. I'm allowed to say that now. <laughs> oh well, when it is going Yay. to be, can you let me know? Because I'll post it through my sure. social media just yeah. to let Brilliant. people know that yes. it's on. Because yeah. and I think it's really yes. important. And then that later people... on, there'll be the uh, full release of the extended version. Okay. Mm. Ah, that's amazing. Um, Look, we haven't got a huge amount of time and there's something else that we wanted to talk about. We've had a pandemic. We're having a pandemic. (laughs) Um, And, Jay, you brought up something on the way up here in the car today about how the pandemic has – what it's meant to the homeless community. So do you want to talk about that? Yes. um, I think something that I've really noticed – particularly through doing a Homeless in Focus last year. So we were the only city in the world to be doing the project. It, the project runs in a, a number of cities around the world and last year Sydney was the only one to run the project because of the pandemic. pandemic. And um, so we were in Martin Place in August, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for several weeks, so we, it took a little longer, and that's okay too. But some of the things that I noticed was that there was a it, there was a, a sh- not a shift, but there was there was more people, and those more people were, I guess, maybe not the the type of people that I would normally be used to seeing mm-hmm. what I might consider my peers maybe so I was seeing um, people bringing friends and people bringing not sometimes bringing children or or saying actually I've got to get can I have some more food because I'm, I'm actually getting food for my family mm-hmm. um, you know there were there were people who I suspect were students there are a number of international students there were also a number of older people who I'm quite sure were quite competent, quite average, whatever that means. You know, I and I, I'm not you know, they I feel like at the time they really were just trying to cover basic bills. You know, when Centrelink is giving you on a on a pension about Three hundred and fifty dollars a week, and your rent is 
300 a week, you've got $50 to mm. pay your power, any medications, etc. And then you might have to give your grandkid a, a birthday gift. So, you know, they're, they're then being forced to go out and get food. Mm. So, um, you know, suddenly there's a, a more people that are needing food. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, I've also noticed that there are more people in acknowledging that greater need. There are more people digging deeper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are families who are thinking, well, no, I can't cook 100 meals, but if I put, if I cook 25 meals and my sister cooked 25 meals and my neighbour cooks 25 and someone from my church does, then four, four households have cooked together have cooked 100. Mm. So it, it's happening. You know, mm. so more and more people in the community are becoming aware that they can do it. Yeah. You know, if I go to Coles or Audi and I just get an extra, you know, 24-pack of uh, bottled water mm. just in my weekly shop and I can donate that into the community, you know, yep. that, that's not going to bite too much. Yeah. So some of the basic human givens that we, many of us take for granted are things just like food, water, shelter, safety. We all deserve to have those things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's 10 human givens that are, you know, that we need to survive in life. And a lot yes. of the homeless just don't have that. So in rounding up, because we have to go and I've loved every minute of chatting to you too. It's a, a great interview. It's great for me. It's an education for me as well. And this program is about inspiring, educating and motivating um, the listeners. And I think you two do that beautifully. Um, how, do they, how do my listeners find out more about your projects? Sure. You can go to homelessinfocus, is one word, .com.au. That's our website, which has just about everything on it. It has um, some clips, trailers, some information about the documentary. If you're particularly interested in the documentary, um, picturing home as one word, .com.au is where you can find that. And um, I think think that's it. And we will be doing the project again come winter. So if you're interested in engaging, there will always be ways to help out whether it's uh just going into office works and getting us some stuff that we need or packaging if you're brave enough and want to come out in the cold and hand out cameras and lend an, a listening ear we always love to have people get involved well maybe jay too i can get you to make a little video on your phone and send it to me and and we can promote that out there and that sounds you know, wonderful people love to to see a little video and hear from people in person so uh, thank you Jay and Michael, it's so great to have you here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Ageing Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains
Let your heart be alive. 